Welcome into another special edition of some DNVR podcasting. We're talking about the top 50 of the tens. This decade has been certainly an interesting one for Colorado sports, and we've done a lot of highlighting and will continue to do a lot of highlighting of the four major sports that we cover here. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting things just outside of that purview. And, you know, DNVR, we're meant to be a, just Colorado-centric sports people. And we can only do so much every day to do the other things. We're always getting requests to cover all this extra stuff that we can't go out and do on a daily basis. But we do want to take the time, step aside, and do some of that now and talk about the best of the rest. So with us here today for this one, uh, we've got Andre Simone, who's been along the ride for a lot of our draft stuff. Hey, guys. AJ Hafley, beat writer for the Avalanche here with us. Oh, hello. And joining us for this one, and really probably driving this entire thing because he's going to be uh, the best source of knowledge on a lot of this, is super producer Kale Sorbo. Hello, everybody. Nice to be on a pod. I don't get to do these very often, so this is fun. Yeah. Uber nerd over here. Yeah. yeah. We, oh, yeah, true. for sure. I'm going to be and the I biggest mean, nerd <clears throat> this by far. Beyond that we don't cover all these, it's also hard to evaluate, like, well, where do we rank um, Olymp Olympic gold medalist versus someone who's really good in a billion-dollar industry team sport? Right. Yeah. Like, wh where do you strike that balance? Like, where, so, does, where does Michaela Schifrin fit in with, like... Demarius Thomas, right, and right, so Nolan exactly. Arenado, where you're like, oh, they're at the you know top of the right. uh, of their fields, but a little bit different because she's a solo act, right? Yeah. At the same like, time, so Colorado has this rich history and and present of Olympians and all of these other people that are yeah. great athletes, well, who, non non pro sports success, right, all over the state, right, so. Kale, why don't you kick us off? I think, uh, you know, AJ threw out the name there that's going to be maybe the most exciting to talk about. Why don't we start there? Uh, yeah, so back when we first started this list and everyone was fighting over who needs, who deserves to be where, I was pretty much on a solo uh, island arguing that Michaela Schifrin, because originally we had this open up to everybody and it wasn't just the four major sports, which we eventually dwindled it down to. I thought Michaela Schifrin should be number one. And people thought I was crazy, um, but I'm about to break down why. I just not crazy, just wrong. Um, Number one's pretty high. It is, <laughs> um, but here's the deal: uh, Michaela Schifrin is the only Colorado athlete from this decade who's going to go down as the greatest of all time. In their her in, respective in her respective sport, sport. she is that's a on, strong opening argument. It, it yeah. is. She's going to go down as the great, and not just female skier, not just mid, like she's going to go down as the greatest professional skier to ever walk the planet. Um, let me just go through some Keyword. bullet points of her Skier. career. <laughs> Skier. Hey, okay. We'll, yeah. we'll get there, but let, let's see the let resume. Just, okay. This last is going to take year, a while. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have it broken down pretty quickly. Uh, this is, last this year, is a super impressive list. Yeah. I was reading this. Oh. Last year, she was the first skier ever to win 15 World Cup races in one season. <laughs> she ended up with 17. <laughs> she's fourth all-time on the World Cup win list, men and women. She's tied for second all-time in World Cup wins for women, and she's only 24. She's won 62 World Cup races at the age of 24. She's the only skier ever to have a World Cup win in all six major disciplines that are raced now. That's insane. 
She had the most dominant month for a skier ever. She won six out of ten races in December last season in an individual sport. It's not like she won six games in a football season. Well, I think we need to really explain this to to have that kind of consistency in a sport that's really going at the highest speed possible on two blades down a mountain? Sure. <laughs> like, not the easiest to do. Well, oh, high, high variance of failure here. High yeah. variance of failure. Yeah. People crash it, uh, at least in about 20% of their races every year, and that's on the low end type of thing. That's if you're good. That's if you're good. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah. That's if you're good. Uh, these races are determined by hundreds of seconds, and Michaela Schifrin dominated, not just being in the top five for six out of ten races, which – by its own, she won some of these races by seconds. Um, last so she's season, Usain Bolting this. Yeah, thing. yeah. Last season, she won the overall globe. The slalom globes are given to the most dominant for that discipline in skiing in the World Cup, uh, the FIS World Cup. She won the overall globe, which is for overall skiing. She won the slalom globe, the GS globe, and the Super G globe. She was one of two skiers ever to win all four all four globes in a season. She's the only woman to ever do it. She's a five-time world champion, five world championship gold medals. She has two Olympic gold medals. And again, she's only 24. No, how long has she been no. on the World Cup circuit? Since 2012. So she's been dominated this, oh, wow. this entire decade. Oh, wow. Um, so Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a decade of dominance. And uh, the early part of her career, she was overshined by Lindsey Vaughn, who at the time was the most dumb, which we'll get to in a second was the most dominant skier, female skier in the world. Unfortunately, Lindsey Vaughn's career is going to be defined by three letters. DNF did not finish because she crashed and hurt herself so often. And unfortunately, she was followed up. She followed up the most dominant stretch by an American skier ever. Someone followed her up and blew all of her records out of the water immediately. And that's what Michaela Schifrin is doing. She's 24 years old. She has 62 World Cup wins. The first place ever is 87. She's going to break that record by the time she's 26. Wow. She has a full half decade of dominance after that in her prime. What is the aging curve drop off for skiers? I mean, it's pretty similar to every other sport. Around 30 is when things start to downturn. So, I mean, people can be dominant up to 34. Five, if they're all-time talents type of thing, but her just dominating the rest of the field, you're probably going to see drop off, barring injuries, around thirty. So she's got another six years. So she a LeBron. Yeah. I mean, cool. Yeah. I mean, she's more Gretzky than LeBron. Calm down. So uh, a couple <laughs> qualifiers. These <laughs> records haven't been broken yet. <laughs> well, I mean, just well, like, let's calm down. Setting a new bar, you know. Gretzky, so Gretzky is his own level of dominance. Mm-hmm. So that, but that's my like that's my argument for Michaela Schifrin is she's male or female alpine skiing wise, and I understand it's a niche sport, and I totally understand that. But she's going to go down as the greatest to ever do it. Yeah. No, I mean those are pretty impressive. I don't know about number one overall if we'd opened it up to everyone, but. Hard to argue against her being number one on this list, the best of the rest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's pretty clear cut. I think it yeah. all comes – the only thing that you argue against is what AJ said at the beginning. It was a, skiing, bro. Like, I, not, not, to, not to boil I it mean, down too simply. Can I, can, I, can I put context? She's I, doing yeah. for alpine skiing what Sean White did for snowboarding a decade ago. Sure. She's bringing in new audiences. I mean, there was a skier uh, – there's a race in Vermont, which is where she uh, formally trained at a skiing academy – when she was being like 
you know, she's a Colorado native, but I, I should clarify, she did her formal skiing training at an academy in Vermont where she trained full time. Take her off the list. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, Rid of this. But uh, there's a race that's in the town where that's from. Uh, that was just last week. She ended up winning. That's when she went into second all time and wins. But uh, what was my point with this? Sorry. That she's dominant? Yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. say. It's just um, the, the second. No, so the second all time uh, for that slalom race, for example, uh, 10 years ago, they were averaging around 18,000 people showing up to that event. Every year that Michaela's come back in the last five years, they've gone up by thousands. This last race, over 37,000 people showed up, including 150 journalists to cover the event. Things that are unseen for the alpine skiing world are starting to happen because of Michaela Schifrin. She's single-handedly so, grown the sport. It's almost more Serena Williams. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say Tiger Woods. Uh, Boom. Because yeah, Tiger Tiger's, if Tiger's in a tournament, I'll turn it on. Yeah. yeah. If he's not, I will do literally anything else. <laughs> literally. I think there's not too much debate over Michaela at number one. Yeah. I think number two is where it gets interesting always with two rivaling females. Yeah. Because you have Lindsey Vaughn, and I think you have to have Missy Franklin in this conversation. Uh, yeah. So Missy Franklin's highs are higher because she had that one Olympics where she was just completely dominant. If, I mean, as that everyone was so much fun. Missy Franklin's highs are higher than just about any athlete. Yeah. Like, but, uh, I mean, she barely, for the next Olympics, four years later, she barely made the U.S. women's team and only participated in a relay capacity. So her career fell off. I don't know what happened, whether it was injury or her not being able to find her groove anymore. But she's a lot similar to like the Terrell Davis type where incredibly dominant short amount of time. Yep. Versus Lindsey Vaughn, the highs were never quite there. I mean, she only won one gold medal in the Olympics type of thing. But there was a stretch where she was the best female skier in the world for a while. Uh, yeah. Tough also, to Lindsey Vaughn is marrying PK Subban, so, so that's pretty cool. I mean, I guess everyone's winning there. She may, she marries the coolest person on the planet. Wow, I did, that's I, a list I'd like to be on the pod for. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> There's definitely the, 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 the Missy Franklin thing is just I think more you know stuck in our hearts, and and that's the that's kind of the bias of people who don't watch these sports regularly. We yeah. tune in for the Olympics. I'm not yeah. watching the yearly World Championships. I tune in. You mean you're not a big f- fan of tuning into swimming that's not in the Olympics? I haven't done it yet. <laughs> On the other hand, every Olympics, to find it. I watch it because it's I'm on. Sure I it's love NBC the Olympics. Sports. Yeah, I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> I'm sure it's some, I mean, it's somewhere. NBC right? Sports has cornered the market. Look, for stuff like I that. know it's somewhere because over the summer oh. I watched some darts competitions. So yeah, and I mean, I guess you could get into accessibility. I'm a peak guy. Like I'm. That's maybe your it's, Maybe it's peak. just because. Terrell Davis is my favorite football player, or I always like that argument you know, too. How good is your the, good? Right. What? What? Yeah. What? You at your best. Yeah, but you your, best, the best your best. Your best can't be once. It's the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady argument, though. Peyton Manning at his peak was a better quarterback, but Tom Brady's got the le- longevity over his career. Right. So yeah, I, team I mean, Peyton all the way, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's what. But that's what I'm saying. There's, there is that argument there, so I understand that. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we want to keep going on the list or do we want to stay with the Olympic athletes before we jump to the other sports? Because isn't there just one more, maybe two more? Yeah. Who else do we have to throw in there? I I mean, I could break down more details about Lindsey Vaughn and how she never really reached her potential because of injuries. Um, She tore her ACL in her left knee, it seemed like, three years in a row and just was constantly rehabbing from it. Um, Unfortunately, it's it's par for the course, knee injuries, when you – 
are in a sport where you're racing down a mountain going against gravity at turns where you're getting G's that are only uh, felt in going to space in other capacities. It's a good way to sell skiing. Yeah. 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 Space I mean, that juice. really is. It's uh, you against gravity. It really is. Uh, <laughs> An epic battle. <laughs> but you're also, I mean, in Lindsey Vaughn was a speed specialist. So her two best events were Super G and Downhill, where you're regularly going of speeds of 60 miles an hour or higher. So what you just said, and I think is something I want to go back to with Schifrin real quickly, is that you said she was a specialist. Well, Lindsey Vaughn was good in all events, but for right. the most part, she was a specialist. And how, how common, not knowing much about skiing, how common is that, that... Most skiers have one or two things that most, they're very, very yeah. good at. Yeah, most skiers. I mean, even, then, even Michaela Schifrin is the best slalom skier specifically in the world right. and is really, really good at all the other things. But if she won the globe for all the other ones. she did. Well, yeah, Michaela Schifrin's the best skier in the world, yeah. Then that's, I think that's, I mean, I think that's why Schifrin's to, such a freak. Right. Yeah. I think that also enhances the argument for her that all of the racers have some sort of special yeah. race that, they, that they're particularly good at. Yeah. And she's still just better than all of them. Yeah. Five tool player. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. No. Schifrin's yeah. a straight unicorn. Yeah. No. Oh, one hundred percent. Like, there's there hasn't been an athlete like her alive. After this. that, I think we get into college guys, and more than the players, it's dominated by the coaches. So, if we're talking college guys, uh, there's two names I want to throw out first, and they both come from DU um, for hockey and lacrosse, respectively. And those are the names of Jim Montgomery and and Bill Tierney. Yep. Same here. Yeah, I think the conversation of who's first among those two DU coaches is maybe the most interesting after Franklin Vaughn. I mean, I would say tyranny because it's... Did something never done before, right? Right, and an extended run. Well, I mean, he's won the Big East title every year with DU since they joined the Big East. Right. I mean, they, they only have one national championship, which is the same for Jim Montgomery, yeah. but But Monty also left. Yeah, true. And that's, well, you know. Good point. Like, Monty, Monty yeah. bailed, and Tyranny's still there just destroying. Right. I mean, Tyranny is just – I mean, and I'm a little bit – there's a, a lot of kids I grew up playing lacrosse with ended up playing on that national championship team, so I know those guys, and I've gotten a chance to meet Bill a couple of times, and what he does is just – absolutely unprecedented and his ability to connect with players year in and year out it's just i mean it's more than system he's a type of guy where guys just want to play for him and i know that's an old adage that gets overused but it's really true when it comes down to this i mean to create a dominant lacrosse dynasty in the western united states that's right. not on the east coast that's insane well it's out here in the I mean, middle of nowhere Truly a pioneer in his sport, yeah. literally and figuratively. Uh, uh, nice, nicely done. Nice. No, thanks. <laughs> that was super. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Yeah, I actually right. get a bonus in my checks when yeah. I do stuff like right. that. So <laughs> looking forward to that one. Um, and but Montgomery kind of took DU to a next level. No. Well, Monty, what he did is he followed up the guy that everybody said you uh, can't fair, follow up in Guazdecki. Right. You know right. because. Guaz had the back-to-back championships in the 2000s and kind of brought them back to a national prominence Mm -hmm. and then left on such angry, bitter terms and didn't go anywhere. You know, went to to coach the Lightning to be an assistant coach for a year and then is now down at Valor, turning that into a high school powerhouse, trying to kind of make that a, a Colorado version of Shaddix. And it's hard to follow that up, right? And yeah. then Jim Montgomery does. 
he rolls in and has no problem. You know, wins uh, wins the national championship, wins the NCHC multiple times. The only program in his time while he was there to do that. Yeah, he has two conference championships. They went to the Frozen Four two other times. I mean, yeah. so three times in the day. I mean, for again a small school that you know has had its ups yeah. and downs across its history. He did an amazing job with that. Yeah, program. and and I mean, well, we, in this decade, those guys aside from the Broncos are the only ones who brought with home titles, yeah. titles. I mean, then the ladies did it in the Olympics and stuff, yeah. right? Well, Which maybe I matters mean, not more. quite. I mean, well, there's, I mean a, there's a little bit of, we'll mention them yeah. in a little bit, but we'll the, outlaws the Outlaws have won three championships yeah. this decade. Oh, there you go. But with with Monty, it wasn't just that. It was a bunch of NHL players. Oh, I yeah. I mean, recruited and developed a bunch of NHL players. Mm-hmm. I understood so, about sixty percent. I think. I think what was just said. That it's another. It's another factor. Is that it wasn't just that he was able to get titles. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. You know, Bill Self has been able to get how many conference titles for for KU. Right. And then you go and you look at all the guys that are in the league, and it's like a bunch of role players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And DU has been able to. It's a lot harder to do in in hockey because there's just. The pool of players is enormous, mm-hmm. and was able to 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 churn out quality NHL players from all over his tenure. Yeah, and I think that was another. I mean, that's another. I can't speak to what kind of pro players tyranny turned out. I would imagine there's a pretty. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, there's, my, there's, my buddy there's Colton some. and my buddy Max both got drafted. Um, they play. Um, they actually both play in the in the PLL premier league lacrosse. They don't play um, in the MLL right now, but they're both really good players. And so there's some guys that have been turned out from them, but also major league lacrosse is not the same thing that the right. NHL is. Right. Yeah, so is. it's hard to evaluate on the same terms. I mean, a lot of guys, when they finish college, even if they are good in the pros, don't make enough money that they go yeah. get other jobs anyway. So it's the type, it's kind of not, you got to get those jobs and you have to play in the MLL and the NLL yeah. and, and like year round. Yeah. My buddy, Max, who I grew up with, he's a good friend of mine plays in the PLL. He's playing in the, he's playing for the mammoth. Now he signed there as a free agent and he runs like lacrosse leagues and he's working for, I think Northwestern mutual. I mean, the guy has no time, but He's finding a way to make a living as a professional lacrosse player, and that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And then, I mean, with the – we've had some pretty good college football coaches come through this state. Mm. The two Max, McIntyre and McIlwain. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. McIntyre was the national coach of the year. That one time. The, that one time. That's exactly right. Definitely <laughs> worth mentioning the one year that they were good. I'd say so. And his quarterback, Cephalou, foul factors into that conversation. So, so did his running back, Phil Lindsay. Absolutely. And Troy Calhoun's probably the best of them all and Absolutely. has stayed with the academy through it all and mm-hmm. has them. I mean, what he's closing been able out to the do, decade. Yeah. What he's been able oh. to do from a recruiting aspect with all the barriers that academies have. To create, you mean the service requirement? Yeah, 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 but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, but also funding. They don't get the amount of funding big state schools oh, yeah. get. That type of thing. Um, the fact that they've, I mean, this year they were the best team in Colorado, college yeah. football wise, and that they were able to do that with all those limitations. That's really impressive. Yep. No, totally. And then you get into, I mean, Tad Boyle has to be in that mix, yeah, just with why. how he's revived <laughs> that CU men's basketball program. How many they were any appearances? Couple, mm. that's correct. 
You don't need but, to look at me yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. compared to what they were before, it's, I mean, we're exactly. grading on a curve. Exactly. I mean, it's no Ricardo Patton era. Yeah. Well, fine. But that's, <laughs> I mean, that's the good thing, though, is yeah. that there's stability there. It's not like Chauncey he comes in and the they program. go to the tournament one time and right. then and they it. win 12 I games mean, for a decade. He made college hoops somewhat relevant again in a state where college hoops are kind of forgotten, sadly. Yeah. And so, I mean, I mean like, alone, NCU is good this year. Absolutely. Ranked Might have saved already. his best for the last. Yes. Yeah, which, right, might yeah. hurt him a little bit. Also, was because. it really saying a whole lot? Like, CU Hoops has been, I think I think Ted Boyle is more notable for stability than excellence. Than, Absolutely. And, and winning. Yes, like, yeah, 100%. Like, He'd be in my honorable mention. As much as I respect the, just have nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah, I just, I just, his peaks, right? If I'm a peak guy, his peaks are not anywhere close to the rest <laughs> right. of the list. I mean, when you when you think about the 64 teams make it to the tourney, and right. like, right. that's what it's about. Like, oh, you went to the NIT. Oh, you won a couple of rounds. Like, like, right. people just don't care about that. And then, I mean, aside from pro lacrosse, you get into local products that have gone on to do stuff. And you know, we we've we'll talk plenty about the Lindsays and the Freelands who played for the major four, but we have guys representing the state who played for other teams like Christian McCaffrey who's taking over the league. Uh, Nate Solder who won a Super Bowl and was elite at one of those positions where it's really hard to find elite talent. Um, and Derek White, I think has to factor in just the homegrown product yeah. through and through. I just want to, I, I just want to take a second and talk about Christian. Cause I've known Christian since I was a kid. Um, we're both from Castle Rock and we went to high school together. And I, I'm not going to say we're, like, best friends or anything. I, I won't make those claims. No, nope. I heard just, it here first. Best <laughs> friends. Um, it's just really interesting because uh, pre-draft, when all that conversation about whether – and I know we ended up going eighth overall, which was about fair and all that. But the pre-draft, all the comments about people being like, oh, you know, I just don't know if he's going to work on the NFL level. I don't know if his speed transfers and all that type of stuff. And I've been watching this kid just absolutely dominate people since he was seven years old. That just, had nothing to do with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's for the record, he's the rare running back that was worth that high a pick because he's so much more than just a running back. I, he affects that entire offense. So in some ways, he's a unicorn. In some ways, he's what modern running backs should aspire to be. I wish you guys could have watched him play in high school because it, it really – I mean, it looks like he was playing at a different speed than every single person on the field. We saw him in college, and it was the same way. And, frankly, it's kind of been the same at the NFL level, which <laughs> frankly, is pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Get him in the open field and he gone. Just watch him go to work, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyone else we want to throw out there? I mean, Mallory Pugh, who was on the – U.S. Great Women's National yeah. national team, just still young, so not a featured player. I think the next decade yeah. she'll be in that rarefied air with the Schifrins of the world. You know, Troy Terry yeah, played for DU yes. and um, had the shootouts wow. to help them win the WJCs. And, you know, Colorado kid that went to DU and, of course, didn't get drafted by the Avs because they're incompetent. Troy Terry would be a character in Mighty Ducks with how good he was at penalties. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just a unique talent in that. Yeah, um, has continued to go five hole in the shootouts in the NHL. The only I mean, other thing he's clearly great at that. Don't don't know why goalies just don't close <laughs> the wickets against that guy. Make him shoot, dude. The only other thing I really think we should bring up, I think it would be remiss of us to not mention the Denver Outlaws at all. Um, I know we just sort of passed over them uh, earlier in the conversation, but how many teams are in the MLL, MLL these days? 
I think there's 16. Yeah. Um, that many? Yeah, it might have gone down in recent years. They need but, a Michaela Schifrin. But I, they, they are, quote-unquote, as close to a dynasty as the MLL gets. They've won three championships. They've only missed the playoffs once in franchise history. They've never had a losing season. They have the highest attendance in the entirety of Major League Lacrosse. Undefeated season. Undefeated. So uh, they really are um, that good. We don't need to get into details. John Grant Jr. is absolutely incredible. He's in his 40s now and is still one of the best players in the league. So... That's, That's really all I want to mention. I just want to quickly mention them, give a shout-out to a really dominant program that we do have in Colorado. That's a name that constantly came up when we were doing this list for the best of the rest. And, look, I don't think any Rapids players deserve to be in the top ten just because they won a championship at the very beginning in of the decade. Yeah. Right. Did nothing. With Connor Casey. Omar Cummings, to me, was the best player. He then left. Casey... Good, never elite um, MLS player. Tim Howard did come here. I covered that team. That was an elite defensive team already. They went really far to the conference championships. Howard wasn't carrying them, though. That was a system. Um, so it's it's just hard to find someone who really stood out um, at the highest level for the Rapids. But there are some guys on the fringes there. Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody feels like they need to mention? Professional wrestlers Otis Dozovich and Bobby Lashley. <laughs> wow. All right, Drew. All right. True. <laughs> and True. I'm sure we forgot someone, but you remembered those dudes. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's somebody more deserving <laughs> yeah. than those guys. Direct your on. hate mail at Drew Creaseman, please. Hey. <laughs> hey, Bobby Lashley is a world champion, man. Not right now, but has been. From Colorado. Probably the most pr- famous, pro- well, other than Vader. Leon White. Remember Big Vader from oh. WCW? He's a Colorado native, so. Dude, dude, how about this? Uh, I have one that totally deserves to be on this list. Should probably be on the top 50, but I didn't realize it. It's too late now. Mike Alvarado won a world championship. Oh, yeah. Won yeah. a world title. I knew fighting-wise we were forgetting someone. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah we I totally mean, for, beat Brandon right. Rios, won the Sports Illustrated Fight of the Year in 2013 totally or 2014. Sports Illustrated Fight of the Year, won a world title, then went and fought um, Mark has knocked him down, still lost. But I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, decorated career. I mean, he'd be he'd on the fringes. I mean, of the started top five, thirty-one I and zero for his career. Not You're bad. right. That is a total omission, and I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I just totally forgot like, about. Born it. in like North Glen, Colorado, yep. went to Thornton, like Horizon High School, like was an all-state wrestler, and then went undefeated in boxing until he his lifestyle and everything caught up to him. But whatever, like right, right. At the end of the day, it was like. A, the greatest, second, top three greatest boxers in Colorado history. Definitely the greatest in the teens. So, anyway, there you go. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Thank you mentioned. for uh, fixing our omission. <laughs> Always fun when the boss jumps on the pod, man. That was great. Of course. Well, that was a lot of fun, Perfect. guys. Thanks. Yeah. Stay so, tuned for more uh, top yeah. 50 of the tens. We're going to be doing a lot more of it, so make sure you're following everybody on social media and subscribing to thednvr.com.